0: Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Mental Performance Mastery podcast here and super excited for my guest today. He's a four-time NFL Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, offensive tackle for your Philadelphia Eagles, Lane Johnson. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about mental health and demystifying mental health. We're gonna talk about how every athlete at the highest level, whether it's Elaine Johnson or George St. Pierre, they learn how to work with fear, how to work with anxiety and turn that fear into fuel. And that's something that you can do. And Lane's gonna outline some of the mental health skills that he's developed through our work together that you can take and you can use to be the best version of you. Whether it's habits, whether it's separating who and do, separating what you do with who you are. If it's using mental imagery or meditation or breath work, or working with concentration grids, or working with a mind movie and seeing yourself reviewing your best performance, or using your platform for good to give back to your community. All of these strategies and more on the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast with Lane Johnson. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And couldn't be more excited to be joined by my friend Lane Johnson today to talk about mental health. Lane is a four-time NFL Pro Bowl selection. He's a Super Bowl champion, offensive tackle, one of the best in the history of the game, the captain of the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's taken time out of his hectic schedule on an off day to join us here on Mental Performance Mastery. Lane, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh yeah this this um area that we're covering has really impacted my life for the better and really you know really focused on it the past few years and i think it's really taken me to you know a different level
0: yeah i mean i know you know as a as an nfl football player right and and uh, or a professional athlete i think a lot of times maybe people look at mental health and they think that maybe they're the only one who's having some challenges or they don't necessarily know like where to go to get help with their mental health i mean if they want to get better as an offensive lineman they go to their line coach if they want to get stronger in the weight room they go to their strength coach how do you see lane in 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 nfl football how do you see the state of mental health in the training that's provided for professional athletes in the nfl
1: yeah, I think whenever I came into the league, um, it wasn't where it needed to be. And then I feel like over the course of the past three to four years, especially, uh, I guess, since COVID happened, I feel like there's been a big emphasis as far as changing uh, NFL teams. It's like a big topic of discussion whenever we start the season during the season. And so, you know, each each uh, team now has a, you know, sports psychologist on, on staff to deal with people or to deal with, you know, people that play, people that are involved. And so, you know, from that standpoint, uh, the resources are there. And now I, I think just uh, positive, like encouragement from others, you know, that have used it to help themselves, I think is encourage others to step up and, and get help too.
0: Yeah. You know, Lane, if we were to talk about your like elite mental health, if you were saying like I have an elite mental health game, just like I have an elite skill set on the offensive line, or we have an elite culture in Philadelphia where we're competing for Super Bowl championships, what would you say for you is like elite mental health for Lane Johnson?
1: Uh mine is having a having a routine, but having but planning my routine. So mine is, you know, we go from such a structured environment during the season. So it can be a great deal of change to the off season where, you know, you really have a lot of the time on yourself, you know, to yourself. So I think for me, establishing a routine, knowing that, you know, I'm making the days count. I'm not just going through the motions. And so when I look back throughout the time during the off season, I kind of have confidence knowing that, you know, I really maximize my day. And so from that standpoint, that alleviates a lot of anxiety. And then, you know, from a lot of what, you, um, you know, your philosophy is, you know, we don't ever look at the the outcome or the result. We work, we focus on the process to really maximizing each day and, and how that really takes care of everything else down the road.
0: Talk more about that, Lane. What does that mean for you to focus on the process versus the outcome?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, when you talk about the process, there's 160-something hours in a week, and the game is only three hours of that week, so – I think it'd be foolish to say that the 157 hours or whatever left in the week, um, if if those habits don't reflect uh, the mission, then what are you doing? So, uh, I think it's all about programming your mind, your body, you know, spirit into having a good routine. And just what you're saying, you know, check all those boxes. How can I maximize myself as a football player? Okay, Straight height, you know, strength, speed, flexibility, uh, mental, um, you know, watching film. How am I feeling? You know, um, you know, mentally about all the stress of the season. How am I coping with that? Am I ignoring distractions? So really, it's having that plan of action, and then you know, working that because that that's going to dictate, you know, your programming during the week is going to directly impact how you play.
0: You know, you've talked a lot about routines already. Talk about some of the routines that you have, Lane, whether it be like a morning routine and things you're doing maybe before you head in for the workday or the evening routine or even things maybe you do like in-game as a part of your in-game routine process to keep you in the present moment competing one play at a time. When you say routines, what are some of the routines that you have in your life that you feel like give you that sound mental health?
1: Yeah, so I think the very, you know, first 15 minutes of the day are, are very important. So... When I want to wake up. I try to stay off of, um, you know, social media, any of that type of stuff, you know, any of the type of scrolling. Uh, using the way to work, I'll listen to music or I'll listen to, you know, an audio track um, driving to work. And it really kind of reinforces the mindset that I'm trying to have for the day, um, you know, along with the affirmations and what I want to put out there in the universe and not being afraid to speak those things. And so, I think once I do that, I enter the workplace in a very clear-headed, uh, you know, perspective. And then w- once I get there, it's all about my routine, uh, you know, breakfast, you know, meetings. And then really, we have a, a little bit of time before practice each day. So I'm trying to hit different exercises each day, working on lateral uh, side of the body, working posterior chain one day, anterior side, so to kind of keep it rotating. So, you know, with that, that gives me confidence from a physical standpoint and, and competing and doing practice and then, from a mental standpoint, I've just, uh, you know, reinforced, you know, on game day, probably when I feel the most nervous is that, you know, the ang- anxiousness is a is a good thing. It's really an awakening of your body, you know, hiding your senses. And, and so I've used that con- to control, um, you know, my performance rather than uh, limit myself. I used to see anxiety as a, as a big monster that, you know, that I thought negatively affected my play when I realized that it's a, a really a true ally and just another part of your, another part of yourself that's mm. I mean, only awaken, you know, every now and then. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a primal feeling. Yeah, I know when you talk to all these different guys in their professions, it's, it's hard to describe, but you know, it really is. It's fight or flight. Well, this is, this is really a, a fight. So mm. it is what it is. And you got to compete one, one, one moment at a time and, and take it from there. You know, I love how you talked about changing
0: your relationship with anxiety. Talk a little bit more about that, because I think so many times athletes, they they look at having anxious feelings, nervousness before a game, nervousness before a UFC fight. And they look at that as like something's wrong versus no, that means you're ready for like an elite performance. You know, that means you're ready to like take your entire game into that fight mode, like you talked about in another level. Talk about kind of the progression of working with and the relationship of anxiety that you've had over your career.
1: Yeah, so I mean. Initially, when I felt these feelings, I didn't know what it was or what it was called. So I saw it as something. It was just a you know a real huge fear that I felt like I had no idea of what it was or really how to to uh really name it or you know call what it was. But you know, as I you know started playing and my career took off, I, I just started you know I talked to all the a bunch of sports psychologists about you know anxiety and how I dreaded waking up and puking each morning and 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 then you know one 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 man asked uh, why do you see it as such a negative he said you don't think this you said do you think this is taking away energy or do you think it is giving you energy so you know as I became educated on kind of why we feel this and that it's you know naturally encoded into us and, and then you know I've heard athletes say that they all kind of feel the same thing we all feel the same thing but guys um, you know, like you said, you know, fire, you make it work for you or it can burn your whole house up. So mm. use use the power as, as an awakening, that anxiety is an awakening. And then um, you know, as the let the emotions come and go and just and just in, you know, as it comes to football, I just feel like it's an object in my way. It's a it's it's a job and I do it one play at a time. And and, and what really kind of is a good quote for it is that you know, we may have 60, 70 plays, five seconds of play. That's only really five minutes of active playing time. It's a three-hour event. But there's only five minutes of film that are actually out there. So always keep that in mind and and really learn to control what you say, you know, be be in control of yourself so you can be in control of your performance.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, we've talked a lot about like George St. Pierre and guys in the UFC and kind of that, you know, learn, learning to – admit that there's some fear, right? There's a fear of what the outcome can be. There's a fear of letting my teammates down in the octagon. There's a fear of getting knocked out in front of millions of people watching on TV and, or, or getting hurt, right? Whatever it is. And being able to use that fear as fuel, I think is a different mindset where people think, Oh, what's wrong with me versus no, this is completely normal. And I'm actually going to use this to my advantage. I think that's a massive mindset shift for guys. And when did that kind of shift happen for you in your career? I mean, really, when
1: I started talking about really high performance individuals or people that yeah. are in communication with those people, you, you know, um, Lonnie Rosen, um, yeah. you know, I've used him for a number of years, but no, they. I mean, that's what they—they they really, you know. I always saw it as something that was taken away from my game, rather than you know really hiding in my game, and. um yeah, I think whenever athletes like George St. Pierre talk about just how debilitated and how, you know, he had real bad self-confidence issues for a fight, all the fears. But, hey, that's, I mean, really, that's what made him the monster he was, is that he enabled it to better his performance. That fear was used as good. And so he he adapted to it. He saw it as a, as an ally instead of such a, um, you know, enemy. Yeah, we learn to take
0: that fear and use it as fuel, you know, and I think part of part of that process is, you know, having things to go to pregame as a part of your routine yeah. to make sure that you're locked in, and I know there's some certain, you know, call mental performance training tools that you use, one of which is concentration grids, but what difference, yeah. how do you use the concentration grids, and what difference do you feel like those have made for you
1: in your career? Yeah, so uh, the game is is a very distracting place, lots of fans, so like, one thing for me that's really helped me the past couple of years is that uh, a concentration grid is a is a, for people that don't know what that is out there. It's essentially the number zero to 100 scrambled up into a big puzzle and you have to go through it one by one until you get to 100. And so what I do is try to do it in the most, uh, you know, maybe heightened music in the locker room. I try to do it when the distractions are the most obvious. And then I really try to train my mind to stay one one uh, number at a time until it get to 100. And and I think initially when you start it, your times may be sixes and seven minutes. And then over time, as you get more conditioned to it, you can get those numbers into the twos and threes. And so, but the whole the whole method behind it is to you you know calm that mind down and really focus. It's it, you have to train focus. You have to to develop it to make it a skill. It has to be trained. And so I think that's a good exercise to train it effectively.
0: Yeah, I think another exercise for training, you know, focus, and as you've said, being in control of yourself so you can control your performance is to do, you know, meditation and just kind of taking time to do some of that breath work, whether it's in a sauna or it's in a cold tank or just sitting in a quiet, controlled environment. Talk about your meditation practice,
1: Lane, and what does that look like for you? Yeah, so meditation and breathing, I think, you know, breathing directly affects or can affect your states of mind. uh, So. You know, when you look at the monks, they're all about the breath, controlling the breath and focusing on that so you can control your moment to moment. But uh, yeah, for me, I've used it as a great centering tool. Uh, So like you said, when your mind wants to race and have all these a million thoughts that are distracting, it's really a great tool to get back into the present moment, to control yourself, to really focus on one breath at a time, it takes focus. And so when you do that, it really kind of uh, programs you to, You know, whenever situations are really a lot of pressure on, you're you're trained to focus and regroup and really focus on the task at hand. But, um, you know, I like uh, the meditation audios I do. Like I said, I like really doing it maybe before bed and right when I wake up, because I feel like it really is like the perfect time and last thing I hear, first thing I hear in the morning. And so over time, as you do this, you notice, you know, things get easier, the routine, because you're essentially reprogramming your mind day from your day to day that these things become more automatic and and easier and it's a great stress reliever stress reducer and it's a great way to um, really heighten your focus that's really what it is and, and having mindfulness and really just um, letting yourself be
0: love that and I, and I think you know you talked about the importance of the breath and and i think a lot of times we look at and whether it's in football or baseball or the PGA tour or whatever sport we're talking about at the highest level, the breath can make a massive difference because it's what helps you to stay in control yourself and what helps you to be where your feet are, one play at a time, one pitch at a time. And we do breathing exercises, whether it's meditation, whether it's mental imagery. You know, off the field, we also want to bring that breath onto the field in terms of maybe a pre-series routine, but also a pre-snap routine. How do you use the breath when you're in uniform on the field, on the sideline lane, as a way to kind of keep you in control and in the present?
1: Yeah. So if I notice. Um, you know, my heart racing, or I feel like I'm really in a heightened state. I, I like to take a deep breath and find kind of like a focal point. So for me, it's like the field goal uh, post. Uh, so really, before a play, uh, before I get in the huddle, I try to look at that, take a breath, go to the go to the huddle, get the play. And really, for me, it's kind of like a re uh, a regrouping period for me between each play. So just like a constant reminder of, of putting yourself in the present and, and, and putting your best foot forward each play. So it's a great, like you said, a great centering tool.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's something that I would, I, I recommend every athlete that I work with get into it, both a meditation practice a couple minutes a day, but also mental imagery and visualization. And Lane talk about the skill of mental imagery, whether it be something you do in a quiet controlled environment um with an audio or maybe it's something that you're doing you know as every athlete will battle with injuries and have days especially as an offensive lineman in the nfl where i may miss time in practice but i use mental imagery as a way to get mental reps when i'm out there how do you use mo- mental imagery both from a mental rep standpoint but also just as kind of a part of preparation
1: yeah so we're a part of preparation um you know I like watching you know video of myself uh, doing well you know really outstanding plays so you get a visual of kind of what you know your best looks like and then with a meditation piece to it um and you're listening to the affirmations and you're listening to um kind of how you want your mind to be programmed um i just feel like when you take the time to really deep reflect like that and then you open your eyes after 10 or 15 minutes it's like a reawakening it's it's almost like um you know you're kind of confirming it with your with your body all all this stuff you have in your in your mind so you know for for me it's about um yeah just really you know putting everything you got into the sport you know at first the mental energy was kind of awkward because I've never done it and and I felt weird and so but as as time took you know went further down the line I felt like these things became easier and that these things really reinforced um you know kind of good habits and credit, I guess more of like a positive self-esteem and and you, and you wind up having a lot more confidence.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, confidence is is largely rooted in two places. It's rooted in preparation, but it's also rooted in production that when I'm out there and producing, yeah. I'm getting results, right? I'm performing at the level that I want to perform, which is probably a byproduct of the preparation that you've done. From a confidence standpoint, Lane, as a professional athlete, where does confidence come from for you?
1: Yeah. So I think confidence, I mean, you, you, you talk about it all the time, it's an action. So a yeah. uh, body language, I, I think body language is probably the biggest thing for displaying confidence, you know? So for me, good play, bad play. I don't let, you know, good play. I don't, unless we score a touchdown, it's like the only time I'm celebrating, but if a bad play happens, I don't clap my hands. I don't soak my head or give kind of the defense any edge or indication that they're, they're affecting me. So uh, yeah, you got to act different than how you feel. And I remember Tony Robbins talking about a study that you know they did the power posture for like two minutes. and showed a increase in testosterone, like a and a um, decrease in cortisol, the stress hormones. So, yeah, body language does does take a big role in confidence and, and acting different than how you feel. So, uh, like like you said, um, you know George St. Pierre didn't um, you know when he was walking to the cage, he didn't feel inside like the warrior that he displayed outside mm. so i think body language is so vital and so huge
0: yeah i think that study you're talking about that, that tony robbins probably references from a woman named amy cuddy who's a social psychologist at harvard in her book presence and she talks about she has actually a ted talk seen by about 60 million people about the science and right. power of body language right in the in her her um she talks about like when Usain Bolt sets the world record and crosses the finish line, boom, and his hands go up because he won. And then she references that there are people who are blind that have never seen that happen. They've never seen Conor McGregor knock somebody out and get up on the cage. They've never seen people win, you know, or score a touchdown and everybody's hands go up like this as you're running towards the end zone, right? And she said people who are blind who have never seen that when they were in a, in a playing in a role play where they did something and they had a success, they put their hands up so they've never seen that but biologically we're wired that when we're in a confident state and things are going well we expand our body language so i love yeah. i love the fact that you're talking about body language and the importance of that and you know also like this idea of acting different than how you feel and faking it till you make it because i think lane people will look at a george st. pierre or they look at you who's who's one of if not the best in the history of the game at what you do right that that you always feel confident that you always feel like this unstoppable force on the offensive line. Who's one of the best ever to do it. And I think what people have to realize is even the best in the world don't always feel great, but they have something to go to when, when it's not going great to act as if it is and to get themselves back into the next play versus spiraling out of control. Right? So how important is it for you to have a set of mental performance tools to go to when things get hard?
1: Yeah, it's a learning skill. I think earlier in my career, I didn't really have the skills to really uh, um, notice or how, how much it really impacted the game. But, you know, when I go and look at stuff now, if, I, if there is a mistake made or, or I make one, I go to the huddle, I, like nothing happened. I go to the line of scrimmage in attack mode. And so from a psychological standpoint, I know the defenders don't like that. They're looking for anything they can, they can get out of you. And so when you don't give them that and and you program your mind to be like that, you're, you're able to – erase a race uh, a race bad play and go to the next play with a complete focus and you know you're putting your best foot forward you know the, the football's football it's it's a tough sport and so um yeah for me the body language faking it till you're making it acting different how you feel is so just vital not only for your success but just your teammates you know reading your body language you know it, it affects a lot more than just you.
0: Yeah, you know, you talk about the faking it till you make it. And we use a, a language around signal lights, right? And green light means I'm in control. Yellow light is I'm losing control. Red light is I've lost control. Just since learning that concept around signal lights and awareness, how much better has your self-awareness gotten Lane? at your ability to recognize, okay, I'm getting out of control here, yellow or red. Yeah. I'm going to get back in control and get back to green.
1: Yeah, I think all that has been a learned skill. Yeah. Um, like earlier in my career I I didn't have any idea about it or really think about it too much but like I said it affects more than just me my body language my you know how I'm presenting myself to the world affects a lot more than just me it affects a lot of my teammates so uh, for me you know George St. Pierre you go to a game and your butterflies are turning your your head's your head's going but knowing that this is an important piece of your of your process and, and a part of your routine and so um as time goes on you get so much better at it and then you know as you perform more repetitions of it it becomes a lot more um natural
0: yeah you know i want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about the mind movie and this little this little video that you watch of yourself and your best plays talk a little bit more about that video and some of the ways that you use that or some of the content that's in there that you feel like helps you get into the mindset you need to compete
1: yeah. So uh, the mind movie just kind of reinforces, you know, that I've done this before, I mean, numerous times before I came into the game, you know, feeling the exact same way. But I think the mind movie just reassures you that, um, you know, your, your, your plays, your dominant plays are, um, you know, a product of, of what you're doing. So um, it's just uh, a reinforcement for me that, you know, everything I'm doing is the, the plan is working. Uh, The purpose behind it is authentic and yeah, it just gives you confidence and, and really going into a game, you need everything you can get. And so for me seeing that and visualizing that before I go out of the tunnel, I think directly impacts, you know, how I play.
0: Yeah, I love, you know, one of the things you also mentioned earlier that I want to come back to is the importance of habits you know, and habits and routines and and using an app habit share to kind of keep track of like a success checklist of the things that you have to do to get ready to go compete. No different than like an airline pilot's going to go through a checklist to say, hey, this plane is safe to go fly or a captain of a boat is going to go. Yep, we've gone through our maintenance checks. This ship is safe to sail across the ocean. Talk about some of the habits that make you feel prepared on Sunday and how you use the habit share checklist.
1: Yeah, I think to have a checklist is just um, showing you that you're making uh, good of your time. And like I've talked talk to you before that I see a lot of people wasting time. They don't have routines during the day. They don't have a pre-practice routine, a post-practice routine. And so as the weeks and days drag on, they, you see a lot of time wasted and and not utilized properly. And so for me, it's all about maximizing my day, okay, planning, football, um, you know, physical standpoint. Am I flexible? Am I strong? Change the direction? Good. Okay. Um, From there, is my uh, film study going good? I know what the offensive game plan is. I know kind of what the defense is going to do going to a game. So whenever you combine those two, you have a lot more confidence and, and yeah, your routines, everything, Um, you know, coaches have the routines, their philosophies. You got to have that as a player and you have to Really uh, always be self, uh, you know, always evaluating yourself and having a checklist of things to improve on, you know, what am I doing well, um, what's my one up for this next week, what do I need to work on so having a plan and then working your plan so mm. but first establishing one in a routine.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, Lane, something that really impresses me about you is just using your platform for good to give back. And I know, you know, today's an off day for you. And you went in and spoke at a high school about mental health. Why is it important for you? And why do you think it's important for other professional athletes to use the platform that you have to actually go in and make an impact in the area of mental health?
1: Yeah, I just remember my time, you know, at least being that age in high school. It's a very weird time in your life. You have a a few pivotal years to kind of develop you know what kind of person you want to be and what direction I kind of want to go for as career choice so I feel like there's a lot of things going on and maybe there's a lot of distractions too and so people are trying to fit in or feel our so for me I just wanted to tell those kids that y'all kind of see the finished product of all these athletes or people y'all, y'all might look up to and I need to realize that, you know, my journey was affected a great deal by this and and, and I didn't address it for a lot of years. I kind of neglected it and it uh, wasn't good for me. So I felt like, you know, giving these words now and then uh, talking about Couth, which is the app that these students can, you know, uh, work with and it's anonymous and really it's all about uh, self-development, improving mental health, uh, being aware of it and really telling my story and, and you know, um, my main uh emphasis today was that everybody draws inspiration from someone so you know me seeing athletes like Tyson and uh Mike Tyson Tyson Fury and John Jones all these guys talking about their ups and downs and things they've overcame to become who they are really gives me hope and confidence that you know maybe their methods you know I can use to better myself so Hmm. that was really the whole message behind the day and yeah I think the kids really um you know we're, we're engaged and listening, and I feel like a lot of good was done from it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I appreciate – as a parent and as a former high school uh, coach and athletic director and teacher, man, I, I cannot thank you enough for giving back, especially in the area of mental health. You know, I mean, to, to, you, you could build you could build a football facility at the high school that you went to, and that would be amazing. You yeah. can go speak about mental health at high schools, and that's life-changing you know, and playing football can be life-changing too, but you probably impacted people today, Lane, in a way by sharing your testimony, sharing your story around mental health and why it's not something that people should hide from. It's something that we should work to grow and work to train just like our physical skills of our sport. But I don't think that people always look at mental health as something that can be trained because we can't see it. It's not tangible. I can't necessarily put my hands on it or put a put a bar on a meter and feel it or put a stopwatch on it, right? But um, I think what the the goal of today's podcast was was to, to hear from somebody at the highest level that mental health is something that can be trained.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And it's uh, the main the main thing about it is, uh, you know, finding the resources or finding where to begin. Yeah. And so, you know, my message to the teachers or was to the students today was like the teachers get the most of that gratification is, you know, seeing, you know, their kids 10, 10 years from now and them having a good job or at least a college degree. And I think that's kind of the best payback for a teacher or a coach mm-hmm. is seeing, you know how you've impacted them at an early age and and how you directed their life uh in a positive direction you know from probably you know when you met them and, and talked to them so yeah i just i just remember you know being in their in their shoes and dealing with these problems and not really having you know anywhere to turn to to really yeah. um know, know how to begin with it so yeah, yeah it was really special
0: okay just two more questions for you you mentioned an app earlier uh, that that people can use to get help on mental health. What 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 is that app again?
1: Yeah, so it's Cooth K O O T H. It's an app that you can easily download. Um, but yeah, it's a resource for students for for people to um, learn about mental health and to hopefully answer the questions that they have about you know some of the situations they're in or the emotions they might be feeling, and then having a plan of action to address these things and to Uh, fix them and to um, really grow from it. And like I said, you know, today is that, you know, what you do isn't who you are. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, or for a lot of people, you wear a lot of different hats and you, um, you know, for me, it's about being a better friend, a better parent, a better, you know, uh, all these things together um, off the field and how much it can directly impact, you know, what you're doing on the field.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier that football is what you do, not who you are. At what point in your career did you were you really able to make that that separation between football is what I do it's not who I am I know for a lot of athletes that's a difficult a difficult mindset shift but one that once they make it makes a big impact in their career in terms of being able to kind of separate who and do
1: yeah I remember um, it was at the Pro Bowl I think in eighteen or nineteen but Drew Brees uh, kind of addressed the room and it was like guys you need to uh, work on yourself off the field as much as you devote to the game. You need to devote that, that much to, you know, growing as a person, helping your community and and really using the platform that you have to make a lot of uh, positive impact. So whenever he said that, I think that really caught a lot of attention of the players there in the room. And so I took that to heart and, and, uh, uh, you know, you just see the impact you can make, man, just by sharing your words, your story and, and, and helping kids. I think, you know, as you get older in life, your priorities change. So You know, I think as I'm getting older that, you know, my mission is to help and influence and and help my community and and the people around it.
0: Yeah, I know one thing that you also do every time you go on the road and you guys just had a big Monday night game in Kansas City a couple weeks ago, rematch of last year's Super Bowl. And I think it was the day before the game, you and your strength coach, Gabe Rangel, who went to Cal State Fullerton, ride, We both studied with Ken Revisa. You guys do something with the Travis Mannion Foundation as just another opportunity to impact and give back. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so Gabe was a Marine and, um, you know, with his infor- with his former employer, um, you know, he worked for Maroon 5. So he would invite Gold Star families um, to all the shows and, and really give them you know, access backstage and really provide them a cool experience. So uh, we found out about Travis Manion um, and, and how he's a local kid from, from uh, I think Dole's uh, township. And so obviously huge Eagles fan, but just how much he impacted the community and how much he means to the people here in Philadelphia and just his story and how he, how they want him to be remembered. I thought it was a good way to uh, show my appreciation just for Philly and them just for the people of service, you know, I've always envied people of the military. I think uh, they're very unique and the, the the jobs they have are obviously very unique and they're put in really uh, adverse situations, but I just always envied the brotherhood that they had, the the honor they had and what they did and, and how they service, um, you know, others that were fighting there with them. So um, yeah, just a small token to show kind of what they mean to me and and uh, you know, to Gabe too, just all the work he's put in with me, just uh, you know, show him gratitude uh in that regard too.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love how you're just continuing to use that platform for good lane. And I want to thank you for coming on today. And my last question for you is any parting thoughts? Like if you could remove the skull cap of everybody listening to this podcast, professional athlete, executive, coach, let's you know, say maybe professional athlete population listening to this. And you could remove the skull cap and plant one seed in there that Lane Johnson knows now that maybe you wish you knew coming out of Oklahoma, starting your professional football career. What's one seed of success that you would plant that you wish everyone else would kind of take with them as a a part of listening to this podcast and and your experience here with mental performance.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, as you look at these athletes, uh, everybody sees a finished product of kind of what they've are and what they've become. And they, Neglect to see that these people had a process and they had a plan of of attack for what they wanted to accomplish, and so. But it really all starts with that. I think really, the first step is really um, evaluating yourself. So self assessment, find where your faults are, find what you're good at, find your areas and your goals of you know really establish your goals and what you want to accomplish, and then uh, design a routine that reflects that. And so as days pass on and you can look back and say, hey, I really maximize this time. I'm really trending in a positive direction instead of wasting time and kind of going through the motions. So for me, uh, with all these emotions that we feel with day to day life and, and all, all the craziness life brings, it's all about having a plan to deal with these and how to uh, adapt and overcome and to become better as a person. Um, and that's really what it's about. It's all about uh, never being satisfied and always growing and no, no matter what you've accomplished, uh, always have that white belt student mentality. So mm. I think, I think um, that's the main message, you know, always have the white belt on and always be eager to learn and eager to help.
0: Love it. Love it. Lane, I know that you've inspired me today, man. You've inspired the members of our mental performance mastery community. You picked up a bunch of fans uh, that have listened to this, this podcast and heard you share your story. If anybody wants to continue to engage with Lane and follow some of what he's doing, I know there's not a ton that you're on social media during the season, but if people wanted to engage with you, it's at LaneJohnson65 on Instagram. And again, Lane, thank you for being here, man. Best of luck to you. Fly Eagles, fly. Hopefully, we'll see you guys in the Super Bowl again this year, brother.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. That was that was special. And um, yeah, to all the people watching, hopefully, y'all y'all get some out of this. And and uh, yeah, just know people that are uh, in the same shoes as you, fighting and and, and trying to get better. So awesome deal.
0: I hope you enjoyed that mental performance mastery podcast with Lane Johnson. Again, you can engage with Lane on Instagram at Lane Johnson 65. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review. Please make sure you subscribe to mental performance mastery as well as my sister podcast, mental performance daily, where we deliver to you mental performance and mental health tips in two to three minutes a day. Thanks for being here. Please leave a review and a comment and dominate the day.